Good morning, I'm Francis Keeney and welcome to the Trough of Friday, the 3rd of March. Your daily bite-sized wrap of all the political news you need to know this morning. Former Prime Minister Tony Abbott is trying to provide more helpful advice to Malcolm Turnbull, this time over the ongoing debate about a reduction in penalty rates. He's told the Australian the federal government needs to sharpen its message over the decision by the Fair Work Commission to cut penalty rates for hundreds of thousands of hospitality and retail workers. He says the focus should be on the fact that it will be easier for businesses to open on Sundays and public holidays and also supports Eric Abetz's call to grandfather penalty rates for existing workers. Compare that to the Prime Minister and much of his government in recent days who refused to explicitly support the decision to cut penalty rates, stating that they simply supported the independent umpire. As Laura Tingle points out this morning in the AFR, this led to an information vacuum which Labor and now Tony Abbott are exploiting. As a result, we're seeing Malcolm Turnbull announce his government will make a bid to ensure that the changes to penalty rates are spread out for as long as possible. It's clear it's an argument the federal government doesn't want to have at the moment. The ACTU, meanwhile, has commissioned polling in five coalition-held seats, finding three of them could fall to Labor on the basis of penalty rates alone. According to the Reachtel poll in Fairfax Media this morning, the seats of Page in northern New South Wales, Dawson, held by George Christensen, and Karangamite, held by Sarah Henderson in Victoria, could go to Labor if an election was held today. There would also be big swings in the seats of Brisbane and Leichhardt. Another poll in the Sydney Morning Herald this morning suggests support for One Nation in Western Australia isn't as strong as first thought. The Reach Toll poll of 1,700 people says One Nation is tipped to get 8.5% of the primary vote. That's down from around 10% in November last year. The Greens, in the meantime, have increased their vote from 47 to 10.7%, apparently. Two-party preferred Labor is ahead of the coalition 52-48, to 48, a week out from Election Day. The Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull is reportedly considering a pay freeze for his backbenchers. The story's in the Courier-Mail this morning. Quoting a spokesperson from the PM's office, the Liberal leader is set to make a request to the Remuneration Tribunal after discussing the idea with the party room and cabinet. This comes if the federal government moves to scrap the gold pass, so it'll be interesting to see what Senator Ian MacDonald thinks of this proposal. The federal government is downplaying reports from the Daily Telegraph that its new foreign fighter laws are flawed. According to unnamed security sources, there are loopholes in the laws which target foreign fighters with dual citizenship. It requires the cooperation of the likes of Syria and Iraq to prove that they are from their country. And those countries are reportedly refusing to cooperate. Another unnamed source says the Prime Minister has asked the Immigration Minister Peter Dutton to submit any necessary amendments as soon as possible. Christopher Pine on Channel 9 this morning has described this story as a sensationalist beat-up and that you can't make people stateless without enough proof. He also stressed that security agencies are happy with the laws they currently have. The Human Services Minister Alan Tudge has been referred to the AFP over the leaking of personal information of a woman who complained about her dealings with Centrelink. This is just a referral, mind you. The police are yet to consider whether they'll actually lay charges at all. But this has been brewing for a few days since it was revealed that a blogger who wrote about her experiences with the controversial robo-debt collection service found her personal details published in Fairfax Media. 
The department secretary told a Senate estimates hearing that Centrelink was legally allowed to release the information in a bid to ensure public confidence in the system, but lawyers are warning that these laws are untested in court. The ABC, meanwhile, says the federal government is also pushing for new laws, allowing it to release the personal information of veterans to also correct public statements. And in the meantime, Alan Tudd was embarrassed yesterday when someone clipped a green drinks coaster to the back of his suit jacket during question time. There's a few photos floating about. It's a prank from his colleagues, we're assuming, given the pressure he's experienced recently. The debate about energy security seems to be moving towards Australia's domestic gas supplies. Nationals MP Andrew Broad has told The Guardian that there needs to be a real discussion about whether some of the record amounts of gas being exported to the world should be reserved for domestic use. At the moment, 15% of natural gas in WA is reserved for that purpose, and that's something that WA Premier Colin Barnett says should be implemented at a federal level. Both Mr Broad and Labor MP Pat Conroy are heading a new inquiry into modernising Australia's energy grid. This is an issue to watch out for in the months ahead. The heads of the four major banks will be grilled by federal MPs again, starting from today. NAB is first up this morning at 9am. The heads of Westpac, Commonwealth and ANZ banks will be up next week. It comes as a poll commissioned by Industry Super Australia suggests a large majority of Australians believe superannuation funds should be not-for-profit at around 70%. The Australian meanwhile says a covert intelligence unit involving national security agencies and the banks has been set up to tackle the financing of terrorist groups such as Islamic State. It allows for the real-time monitoring of transactions conducted by people on watch lists. It is also apparently also being used to tackle an outlaw motorcycle gang. The federal government is spruiking the economic benefits of the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter project. That fighter will be unveiled publicly for the first time in Australia today. The analysis by PricewaterhouseCoopers says by the year 2023, the fighters will be worth $1 billion to the economy and will provide 5,000 jobs. Christopher Pine says the government is now very happy with the project. He told AM the cost of the jet is now coming down. The Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull will be at Avalon, southwest of Melbourne, to look at the new fighter today. Briefly, another political news today. It looks like we'll find out on Tuesday who Rod Culleton's replacement will be in the Senate. The AEC will conduct a special count, which is tipped to go to his brother-in-law, Peter Giorgio, for One Nation. It follows a court hearing in the High Court yesterday. The Greens will today call for the end to thermal coal mining within a decade in New South Wales. It also plans to introduce a bill to state parliament limiting the mining used in coal to half the projected output in the next 10 years. The federal opposition leader Bill Shorten held a town hall meeting here in Canberra at the Albert Hall last night. A large crowd, around 1,000 people, will have questions about asylum seekers, penalty rates and one question about someone taking umbrage with gum trees, apparently. There is a good rap from The Guardian about this event this morning as well. Australia has turned up empty-handed to a major international conference which pledged more than a quarter of a billion dollars for women's health services, affected by a decision from US President Donald Trump. That decision stripped NGOs of funding if they provided abortions. Australia previously pledged $10 million for sexual health needs during humanitarian disasters in the region. Liberal Senator Zed Seselja has criticised the Nationals for its new campaign to move public servants out of Canberra, the Minor Coalition Party wants regional centres to bid for agencies. But Senator Seselja has described this as a bit of parochialism from the Nationals, and it follows the troubled bid to move the APVMA from Canberra to Armadale. 
The Prime Minister, as mentioned before, is at the Avalon Air Show southwest of Melbourne. He won't be heading to the Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras, by the way, which is being held in his electorate this weekend. There's nothing planned from Bill Shorten after that town hall meeting last night. The NAB CEO, Anthony Thorburn, will appear before a committee into a review of the big four banks from 9.15am. There's a house inquiry into the hearing health and well-being of Australians, as well as the non-payment of compulsory superannuation for workers, as well as the life insurance industry. For Canberra, the weather today, a high chance of showers and the chance of storms this afternoon and chasing a top of 26 degrees. I'm Francis Keeney. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. If you like this podcast, please hit subscribe on iTunes, leave a review if you want, and you can visit the website as well, thetrough.com.au, and I'm also on Facebook and on Twitter. Talk to you soon.